Father God, we thank you for your presence with us. We pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would come. We don't want to just come and hear some words and go back. Spirit of God, we welcome you. We welcome you. You know each one of us. You know where we come from. And you know our hearts. You know our lives. You know the word that we need. Because you are a God who speaks. You are not a dead God. You are a God who speaks. And your word is alive. We all need your word. So Spirit of God, speak to us. Meet our needs, Lord. Because we come with needs. So we pray that it will speak to us. Anoint me and enable me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, I'm sure you will agree if you say that we all face challenges in life. Right? Anyone not facing challenges in life? We all face challenges in life. Life is like that. Life throws challenges. And it often happens when we least expect it. Something and say, ooh, what was that? And as we overcome one, the next one hits us, you know. That's life. Some of the challenges are minor, you know. Like summer. Summer is a challenge. You know? <laughs> if you go to a cold place like this brother and they are coming from, it's Summer and waiting for summer, right? Winter is bad. Here it is winter and waiting for winter because summer is bad. So we love our winters. Now whether you can call it winter is a different issue. Uh, but sometimes it's just like getting up on Monday morning, a uh, challenge. <laughs> or it could be a deadline you have. You know, might having a driver's license test. Scary it can be. See the clutch, release, brake, accelerator, you think, did I learn everything? You know, minor challenges. You have an exam coming, you have a target, a deadline, whatever. They come, so you think about it, you plan what to do. Maybe you share with some of your friends, you make a plan, you pray, you work hard, and you get through them. And life goes on. But there are some challenges which are very, very complex. And they are major ones. And you sort of get entangled in them, you know. They are tough cookies. They are hard. And you try to get out of them and you get stuck. It's like quicksand, you know. You try to get out of quicksand, it pulls you down faster. And you struggle. And there are major challenges. And you find that it's humanly impossible to get out. We think, hey, what are the five possible ways to get out of this one? Doesn't work two, doesn't work three, no, five. No way out. I'm stuck. And you try everything, but you find it's humanly impossible. 
You know, it could be a family situation, you know. Husband and wife having a long-term conflict. We are drifted too far away. And you find this doesn't work. That could be one thing. Or it could be a problem between siblings, brothers and sisters or whatever. Maybe something happened in childhood and you haven't forgiven each other. Though there are some issues and you find, you know, this has gone too far. It's impossible to get out of this. Or it could be children. Children get into a bad company. They get bad habits. They don't study. They become rebellious. They scream at you. And it's difficult. No peace in the family. Could be that. Or it could be your studies. This is one subject that is impossible. My goodness, how do I crack this? You know? Remember biochemistry. Ah, she gave me nightmares. <laughs> I don't know who invented biochemistry. That's a different issue. <laughs> um, but, you know, there might be something when you say you, you're working hard and you're trying everything. But you don't seem to be making progress. You study everything, you go for the exam, your mind goes blank. It happens. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, I can't handle this. I've tried many times and the same thing comes. I'm not able to understand this subject. And you find it's impossible. It's not that you are not studying. You go there, you're not able to reproduce it. You're not able to write it. It's not sticking in your mind, you know. And you're struggling. And you get hopeless and you say, oh, you come with a headache. Why me, you know? Why should I struggle like this? Look at some of my friends. They find it so easy. They have fun and they go for the exam and they get marks. Here I am struggling. Or it could be your workplace. Too many things to work. Hello, CMC. <laughs> Too busy, right? No time for anything. Work is demanding. The expectations are high. You are expected to be performing on the top all the time. My goodness. And people scream at you, right? The people working against you smile on the outside, stab you in the back. Huh? Happens? They spread stories about you. False accusations. Lies about you. And they exclude you. And you find, my goodness, this is impossible. What am I doing here? Why am I here? And you can't make headway. You're stuck. Or it could be finances. You need money. You haven't wasted any money. You need money. But you find that you're in debt. And nothing seems to be working. And you're stuck. Now these are impossible situations. And there seems to be no human solution for them. And no human way out of it. You tried everything. You tried praying. You tried discussing. You thought through it. 
You made a plan, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, nothing is working. And you put in sincere work. And it seems to be hitting a wall each time, you know. Or your back is against the wall and say, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't go on like that. All doors seem to be closed. It's like the disciples fishing the whole night, you know. Fish, fish, fishing, nothing. You're not getting anything. The, f- the net is empty. And you're exhausted. You're tired. And you're ready to give up. And you say, this doesn't work. This is not working. And you're ready to just give up. You know? And you say, life is hard. Your heart is heavy. Your heart is really heavy. And you only have questions. Why? What? What is this? How do I get out of this? Why is this happening? When will this stop? And you feel lonely. You know, we live in the Facebook generation, no? Where you're supposed to be nice and pleasant all the time. <laughs> Nobody puts on Facebook saying, you know, I'm feeling terrible. You always need to be liked, you know. So nobody can like that. You're feeling terrible. No, like it. No, you can't do that. <laughs> so you, we are used to putting up that, how is life? Great, brother. And you're lonely. You're alone suffering. You're struggling. You might be the only person in the family who knows Jesus. And that's a pain. Struggle. You sit alone. You cry. You might be the only person in the department who is standing for the Lord. And people pick on you. you They exclude you. They push you aside. Oh, that fellow is nuts. And they work around you. And if you say, what's going on? How come I'm excluded? That's what the Lord said. No, blessed are you when people exclude you for my sake. He says, you are blessed. We think, oh, what a terrible life this is. No, the Lord says, you are blessed. You are blessed. But it's hard. It's hard. Now, it might be habits you have from the past. Now, we all live a life without Christ. We haven't, we receive Christ, we are born again. But there might be stuff from the past which have continued baggage from the past and there might be things which make us trip up again you know our sins of the past which grip us which grip us and make things heavy for us and hard for us and we feel that you know we are being weighed down by our sinful nature We want to run free. We want to break free. We want to run with freedom. But we are pulled down. And we are not overcoming. We make some progress and then we trip up again. And we struggle. Now we all suddenly realize our soft underbelly. And Satan knows that. He knows where to get us, you know. And he'll stab us when the time comes. 
So we are burdened by them, struggling because of our past. Or sometimes it's a mindset that is negative. Now we inherit that from the past. And there is this voice telling us, you are no good. There's this voice telling us, you'll never make it. There's this voice telling us, you will fail always. There is this voice telling you, you messed up in the past. What are you trying to do? You can't. And maybe you have a voice telling us, you are no good. You are no good. Can especially happen in a high performance environment like CMC. Where people are given value on the basis of your performance. But the Bible says your value is on the basis of you being a child of God. Because you are created in the image of God. But Satan will come and tell you, you know, you are no good. So you look at that person, you got A plus in all the subjects. You, know? you only have B. My goodness, you got a B, praise the Lord. <laughs> no. You are judged and put down. And you have this negative mindset. And maybe you have cried out saying, Lord, change the way I think. And I have prayed the Lord, asked the Lord many times, Lord, I wanted to reprogram my mind. You know, <laughs> there is a program which is not good. Change it. Or maybe there is a sickness you are struggling with. Nobody else knows about it. And you find it difficult to move out. So how do we face an impossible situation? How do we face things where you cannot get out? How do we practically do it? There is one verse which has strengthened me quite a bit. It's 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. <clears throat> there are three things I want to share from this verse. Number one, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world. Now you might feel, you know, I am alone in this battle. Nobody is seeing the pain I go through. I am sitting alone and crying. But that is not true. That is what the Bible says. You might feel that you are lonely, fighting your battle with nobody else seeing your pain. But this verse says there are eyes which see. Every pain, every tear, every sigh, every fall, every need, there are eyes which see them. And there are eyes of the Lord. Now why do they see them? Because it says the eyes of the Lord run throughout the whole world. They run throughout the whole world. They run to the place where you are. They come to your department. They come to the place where you stay. They come to the place where you work. And the Lord sees them. In fact the word of God says not a hair will fall without the Lord knowing them. Can you believe that? I can't think of that. Not a hair will fall, but I want to read something from Psalm 139. We'll read from Psalm 139, 1 to 10. It's an amazing chapter. It's an amazing chapter. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. 
You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it. You, Lord, know it completely. And I thought, how does that happen? How does someone know what is on, before my, it's on my tongue? Before it is on your tongue, where is it? It's in your brain, no? There's an area in the brain where the signals come from. So the Lord knows that you know, before we speak it. That's how closely he knows us. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Talks about a God who knows us very, very closely. He knows everything about us. Absolutely everything about us. And he says that he is a God who is seated on the throne. And we think of God who is in the heavens. On the throne. Above everything. But he's also right here. Right here. And he sees us. And he knows everything. Everything he knows. Hallelujah. Now it also says, it's not just see, you know. It's not that the eyes of the Lord see. He says there, run. Why does it run? And if you look at parents having a small child, the child runs and plays and falls down. The parent will run to the child. Won't just stand and say, oh, my child is fallen. No. no. They will run. Because the parent loves the child. He'll come and lift up the child. It's the same with the Lord. When he sees his children, you and me, hurting, paining, he will run. He won't just slowly come and walk. He will run to us because he loves us. Because we are his beloved children. So I want you to imagine your situation for a moment. What is your impossible situation? What is your Red Sea? You know, impossible. Red Sea, one man, Israelites, army behind, impossible. What is your Goliath? Huge giant, full of arms. Puny fellow against him. What is the wall of Jericho you're referring? Huge wall, massive. Chariots could go on the wall, no? that big. What is the broken down wall of Jerusalem you're facing? How, could, how can we build this again? The walls are broken. What is your impossible situation? Just imagine it. But you should also remember that God is right there. He is right there in your situation. Jesus sees it and he is right there. Why? Because he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. 
He didn't say that if you get stuck, I will leave you. No. He didn't say that if you're in a tough situation, you know, I've got some other work to do, I will come and see you later. No. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Maybe you feel like Abraham. You know, Lord, he promised a son. But I'm old now. I look at my wife, she's old. How is this going to happen? It can't happen. But the God who gave the promise is there. And he's there with you right there. Alright, so the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, but he doesn't just run and see. You know, you see these uh, news reports coming, there was an accident, somebody was on the road, fallen down, people came and saw and walked. Right? Some people even take photo and put it on WhatsApp. You know? Terrible. God doesn't do that. He says he is there to show himself strong. He comes there not just to see, but he comes to display his power. To show his strength. To manifest himself. And he says, I see your situation and I've come there and I want to manifest my power in your situation. What is this power? Can we even imagine this power? It's the same power that created the world. No? We can't even think of that power. He spoke a word and the earth was created. It's the amazing power of God. He's an amazing power of God. He's instant. He's the power that kept Jesus on the cross. He's the power that worked in and through Jesus. I'll tell you about a story how God's power worked. Oh, I think I already showed it. A lot of stories. Now I'll, I'll tell later. The power that raised him from the dead. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 1, 18 to 21. It talks about the power of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? According to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You know when Christ was raised from the dead, there was a power which worked in him. And that same power is available to us. The very same power of God. All the power that we need to face our impossible situation is already in us because Christ is in us. Can we believe that? All that we need, all the power of God that is needed is in Christ and Christ is in us. He is there. We already have it. That's why in Ephesians 3, 20 to 21 it says, no, before that, 
It says, you know, we need to have our eyes opened to see this. We need to have our eyes open to understand this. Because our God is a God of impossibilities. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Nothing is impossible? Yep. Says, somebody said, nothing is impossible and for God impossible is nothing. Impossible is nothing for him. It's not there in the dictionary of God as somebody said. Because God can work amazing miracles. In ways that we don't understand. Again, Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, some of our problem is because we limit our life by our thinking. We limit ourselves when you think about life. We think I am this and I can do only so much. But the word of God says, you are this, but you have somebody much, much bigger with you. And that's why this verse says, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So we must be willing to be available to think with the Lord and ask him what his thoughts are. So he runs to you. He runs to your situation. He sees your situation. He sees the impossibility. And he is going, come there, he's waiting. He's willing. And he's wanting to work there. Why does he want to do that? Because he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you and a purpose for your life and the place that he has kept you. He has a very clear purpose. See, God has an overall purpose for the world. He has an overall purpose for this world. And God's purpose, of course, is for everyone to know him. But in that overall purpose, he has a purpose for your life. So even when you go through pain and struggle, you must realize that he has a purpose. And he will do what is needed to fulfill that purpose. But we need to ask ourselves, am I seeking my purpose or God's purpose? I think that's a very, very crucial question. Because if life is about me, now as C.S. Lewis said, you know, God will say, you either say, Lord, your will be done or the Lord will tell us thy will be done but without him if I say Lord this is my life I want to live it the way I want to he'll say okay you leave it I'm not going to come with you but if we say Lord you have bought me I was dead bound for eternal hell you bought me, you saved me, you cleansed me, you redeemed me. My life belongs to you. Do it with it, whatever you want. Then you won't know what is going to happen. And then you will see the power of God. Then you will see 
him working the impossibilities in that situation. So he has a purpose for you and also a purpose for your situation. You might be in a department, the only person who knows the Lord, facing the struggles, facing the mockery, being excluded, but he has a purpose for that place. And he keeps you there. It's like Joseph in Egypt, no? One fellow. One fellow. He went to jail. He was in prison. But he stood there. Because God had a purpose. And he has a purpose for you. And he has a purpose for your place. And he needs to believe that. And you must say, Lord, whatever you want, do it. I'll tell you a story. I heard this from a dentist who knew the person to whom it happened. So it's not a WhatsApp story. It's an amazing story. But I heard it from someone firsthand. There was this guy, he was a dental student at that time. He was in Bangalore. He was walking on the roads of Bangalore. He was a believer, knew the Lord, he was praying. And then he felt the Spirit of God asking him, what do you want? He said, what? What do you want? So he looked around. He saw a big poster, you know, a signboard of Sachin Tendulkar. He said, Lord, I want to share the gospel with Tendulkar. He said, wow, that's an amazing prayer. Huh? So he just prayed. He went. I don't know whether it was on the same day, but he was walking on the road and there was, you know, people displaying some game, some quiz or some kind of game on the roadside. You know, you participate, you give your name. And after a few days, he got a call. He said, you have won the prize. And what's the prize? Dinner with Sachin Tendulkar in Mumbai, along with a group of others. So he said, Lord, I am going to share the gospel with him. So he went. So there are a group of people. They were in this hotel. And he got the seat near Tendulkar. Can you imagine? He said, oh my goodness. Now he said, I have made a commitment to share the gospel. I had to share the gospel. So he spoke to Tendulkar. He spoke about Christ for about 15 minutes. And he said, I will think about it. That's it. Is anything impossible for God? We need to ask big prayers. Like you said, no, India for Christ. We must pray. Valor for Christ. Our department for revival, for transformation, for being a blessing to others. We should look at the impossible situations and say, Lord, this looks absolutely impossible. Make it a blessing, Lord. I'm having terrible problems in my department. But Lord, make this department a blessing. Pray and see what God will do. And you will see the hand of God. So we have your problem. We have the person of Jesus. We have a purpose of God. And we have the power of God. But there has to be a process. For God's power to be released. And that is conditional. Because you go down and you read again. It says to show himself strong. On behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. That is a condition. God doesn't just release his power. He says there is a condition. 
the condition of fulfillment of this promise in your situation is the condition of your heart is your heart loyal to him you now you read him in Deuteronomy chapter 26 it says no chapter 11 verse 26 and 27 it says i keep before you blessing and curse who chooses you choose the change will happen when the change happens within us i had to be very clear about that the lord doesn't say you know i'm a magician i'll come and show some magic get you out and you live your life as before no he is very clear he says i will show myself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to me that's what the word says because it's not about us it's about the lord must remember we have only one life you know one life only one life to live and we can live like ordinary human beings plan out our life think about five possibilities what is the way to you know do it and live like that and we live we'll retire and die that's it or we can say lord i have no plans take me where you want and then you will see the hand of god you will you will i'll tell about our family a few years ago the lord gave us a word about going to melbourne australia the lord of lot of issues in fact the day before the flight we didn't know whether we were going because we had no visas no visa the passport is somewhere in delhi we got the visas stamped on the passport 30 minutes before we got into the plane at the airport till that moment there were issues isn't that exciting that's exciting <laughs> That's really exciting to live like that. You can see the hand of the Lord. Because faith as somebody said faith equals risk, risk. If there is no risk there's no faith. There's no need for faith. But he have only one life to try out God. Only one life. Only one life to leave everything at his feet and say Lord whatever. and he will do it he will do amazing things but for his power to work your heart must be loyal to him because he is not looking for the most brainy able people he is looking for people whose hearts are pure and holy unto him because then we will become vessels that were useful in the hands of the master so our focus should not be on what are the problems i am in an impossible situation i don't know what to do but our focus should be on lord i'm going to commit myself to you come what may i'm going to stand for you i'm going to stand for you recently i i met one person who has got a work in 
rural Burma, you know, Myanmar. For him to come to another country, he has to travel five days, he has to walk through the jungle, travel by bike, then by train, and then by flight. He's a doctor. His brother is also a doctor. But they are living in this remote jungle. There's nothing there. People are dying, you know. But they have decided to be there. And you see the joy on his face. Young guy. Must be in his 20s. Absolute joy. But God has worked out things. You know, they've got a training center now. They trained 750 community health workers from the village. Can you believe that? From 250 villages. And their training sessions are very interesting. They have six months training. Most of these people who come are not believers. You know? Two months in the morning and afternoon, one month is Bible study. Training. People go back transformed. And they are staying in the villages, blessing them. So they are going to have an airstrip there. Can you believe that? Missionary Aviation Fellowship is going to build an airstrip so that you can fly out quickly. Patients can be shifted. And the vice president of Myanmar came there to the jungle. And they are given an approval for them. One man. Think of Moses. One man in front of the Red Sea. He said, okay, I am committed to the Lord. The Red Sea opened. Think about David. One man. Puny fellow. Said, I am going to fight. Who is this fellow? I come in the name of the Lord. His commitment. Think about Nehemiah in front of the wall. You know, well, there is no wall here. But he said, let's rise and build. And the Lord did it. Think about Joshua in front of this impossible huge wall. One man said, I will stand. Think about Joseph. One man in the whole of an advanced civilization like Egypt. Maybe you are one person. But for that situation, if it's you and the Lord, that's enough. But you must choose. You must choose to stand with him. So I want you to go back to think about your situation. Shall we just remain quiet in prayer for a minute? Think about your situation. Hallelujah. Think about that impossibility. Know that Jesus is there. He is right there. He sees, he stands there smiling. You know why he's smiling? Because he wants to intervene. He's standing there smiling. And he's telling, give that situation to me. Give your heart to me. And I will display my power. Hallelujah. I will show myself strong on behalf of you. You, one person. If your heart is loyal to me. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, this word is true, it is real, it is powerful. We pray that our eyes will be opened, Lord. Our eyes will be opened, our hearts will be opened. That we can see you standing in our situation. That we can understand the power that is available to us. is already there in us. We rededicate our lives to you. To be holy and to be pure and to be loyal to you. Lord, we want to say no to sin, Lord. 
and yes to Jesus and yes to life. Even as you give us this choice of blessing or curse, Lord, we want to choose blessing in Christ Jesus. Anoint us with your spirit, Lord, that we can live lives that fulfill your calling on our lives and in the places where you have kept us. May your name be praised and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray.